My friends, some years ago, a world-renowned anthropologist, Dr. Margaret Mead, was asked by one of her students what she would consider the first sign of civilization in a culture. And the student had anticipated that Dr. Mead would talk about clay pots or religious artifacts or tools for hunting. But to his surprise, she said that the first evidence of civilization was a 15,000-year-old fracture femur found in an archaeological site. And as you know, the femur is the longest bone in the body linking the hip to the knee. In societies without the benefits of modern medicine, it would take about six weeks of rest, if not more for a fractured femur to heal. This particular bone, the 15,000-year-old femur, was broken and had healed. And Dr. Mead went on to explain that in the animal kingdom, if you broke your leg, most likely you would die. You would not be able to run away from danger, would not be able to go look for drinks or hunt for food. You would become meat for other predators. In those early days, no animal survived a broken leg long enough for the bone to heal. They would be eaten first. So the very fact that this femur was broken and had healed was evidence that another human had stayed with the fallen, had carried them to safety, had bind up the wound, and stay with the person through recovery. A healed femur was an indication that someone had helped another human being instead of running away from danger to save themselves. And Dr. Mead concluded that helping someone in their time of difficulty is where civilization starts. A fascinating concept, isn't it? That our civilization starts not with our ability to make things to serve our need, but rather with us knowing to help another human person in their time of need. Thus, thus decency and magnanimity and care for others are the qualities that make us civilized, that make us truly human. If that is the case, then these qualities should become the fundamental rule for living. But you know as well as I do that there's always an exception to the rule. Because sometimes instead of helping someone in need, some choose to turn their back and refuse to see. At times, instead of pulling someone up from the ground, some choose to step on them. 
At times, instead of healing wounds, some choose to inflict them. Thus, it may explain why not all of us, but so many walk through life with a real need to forgive someone who caused us pain, who's wished us harm, and who's left a wound in our heart. It may also explain why forgiveness is a recurring theme throughout the entire Bible. It certainly is the central focus of today's scriptures readings. It emphasizes ultimately that at the end of the day, everyone needs to forgive someone. Something easier said than done. Why? Because it is such a human thing to keep wanting to mull over past offenses, to keep poking at a bleeding wound. Some of us have quite a knack of holding such pity parties for ourselves, and we get stuck singing that sad song, Poor Little Me, repeatedly and loudly in our head without accepting the fact that sometimes the people who hurt us might not have cared that they've done so or have indeed moved on. And if you find any of the things I'm describing here resonating with you, then know that we are in the same company. And you may be thinking, well, Father, you are a priest. Isn't forgiveness is sort of your bread and butter? And after all, who would hurt a priest? Well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but priests are just humans, and the collar is not a surge protector. Sometimes it turns us into a lightning rod for all the hostility. It doesn't happen, but from time to time, I do find myself wrestling with forgiveness and letting go of animosity just like the next person. And so the question that Peter asked Jesus today in the gospel is as applicable to you as it is to me. Lord, how often must I forgive? Now, mind you, though, forgiving someone is not the same as excusing their bad and hurtful behaviors. Forgiveness does not exonerate the offender. It simply free the offended. It simply frees the offender offended, because it is a choice, a refusal to be trapped in that prison of anger and resentment. Mind you also, though, that it's called forgiving, not for asking. That means even without being asked, we still hold the power to give away that desire to retaliate and to break away from that vicious cycle of you hurt me, so I hurt you. 
Like St. John Paul II so beautifully put it, forgiveness is above all a personal choice, a decision of the heart to go against that natural instinct of paying back evil for evil. But looking at our society today, would you agree that hostility and negativity are rapidly replacing civility? People are so angry all the time. All the time. And because forgiveness is not often emphasized, so, so many people do not know how to process that anger, that feeling of anger that we all experience sometimes. So what happens, it either turns outward and makes people aggressive and hostile, or it turns inward and causes detriments to our health. We certainly are making those pharmaceutical companies very rich with all the money spent on high blood pressure medicines and mood stabilizers. So that leads to the question, is there a remedy? Sure. We go back to the first reading, and it tells us, my friends, remember your last days and set aside enmity. Remember death and decay and cease from sin. It tells us that there is a limit to everyone's life, and who knows when their last day is going to be. It could very well be today. So do you want to spend it hating someone or holding a grudge against someone? Need we give them the power to rob us of the chance to be free and happy. Even if we are treated badly, do we want to demean ourselves to the same level as them? My friends, a fractured femur that had healed demonstrates that we are at our best when we display kindness, decency, magnanimity, and care for others. But even when these things are not displayed by other people, must we compromise our own? But when all is said and done, as a very flawed human being, I need to be reminded that holding a grudge doesn't make me strong. It makes me bitter. And forgiving someone doesn't make me weak. It sets me free. 